And welcome back. Remember, for more information on the show, you can now like us on Facebook. Simply visit us at Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear. Go to Facebook there and like us there. On the phone with me now is Kenneth C. Davis. Just in time for President's Day tomorrow, he is the author of the book, Don't Know Much About the President. It's our pleasure to welcome Kenneth C. Davis to Sunday Morning Magazine. Good morning. Great pleasure to be with you, Rodney. Now, the nation will celebrate President's Day tomorrow. With your interaction with people, how much do people really know about our U.S. president? Well, about as much as they know about American history in general, which, sadly to say, isn't much. You know, we aren't a nation of scholars when it comes to understanding our past. We've all seen these surveys and studies that show that whether they're college kids or high school kids, they all seem to do miserably when it comes to history. And um, people say the same thing. It's boring. Uh, it's all those dates and battles and speeches, and, and that's too bad because history, as far as I'm concerned, is really about real people doing real things. And when you present it that way, uh, I find over a long time that people are fascinated by history. And, Kenneth, believe it or not, history was really one of my favorite subjects in high school. Believe well, it or I bet not. you had a good teacher. And you know what? And that was going to be my second point. I had a really good teacher that kept us really engaged, Mr. Holland. Yeah, well, that's, that is pretty much unanimous down the line whenever you talk to somebody who says, oh, I love history. Um, the the uh, small percentage who don't uh, talk about a teacher very often talk about their parents, and, and in, that, in my case, that's true. Uh, for us growing up when I was a uh, fairly small kid, uh, uh, summer vacation really meant going to Fort Ticonderoga or Valley Forge or Gettysburg on a camping trip. Mm -hmm. And we always had the sense, certainly I always had the sense, that history isn't something that just happens in books. It's something that happened to real people in real places. And when you bring bring the human factor and put flesh and blood on these characters that all too often are just you know, marble statues or the face on the dollar bill, um, people are so much more interested and find, and, and they say, gee, why don't they teach us about that in high school? When you hear about the real Abraham Lincoln or the real George Washington or any of the even less famous uh, people in history and what uh, the extraordinary things they accomplish, um, it makes it real, it makes it human, and we also need to always connect it to what's going on in our world today. Now let's talk about some of the more fun facts in the book, and we'll start with which president do you believe that most people seem to know the least about? Oh, that's uh, pretty easy. There are a lot of really obscure presidents. I, I suppose um, most people didn't know much about William Henry Harrison, for instance, because he only lasted in office 30 days. Uh, Harrison was the first American president to die in office, and the reason was he gave an uh, inaugural address that ran almost three hours long. He was standing out in the wet and in the cold uh, for three hours without a hat on, uh, apparently caught cold, turned into pneumonia, and he died 30 days uh, later, the first American president to die in office. Some of the other ob- obscure presidents, you know, Millard Fillmore and uh, Buchanan. Buchanan, maybe people have heard because he is the president who preceded Lincoln, and he's usually listed as the worst American president ever, um, largely because he did absolutely nothing to prevent or forestall the American Civil War. In fact, some of the things he did may have hastened it. Now, you know the answers to these questions. Let's talk about some quirky fun facts. Now, did George Washington, did he really chop down the cherry tree? No, I'm afraid that's one of the myths of of history. Uh, That was a story completely fabricated after Washington's death by a man uh, who passed himself off as a 
intimate of George Washington. His name was Parson Weems. It's a story that he 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 wrote. He was writing a children's book that was supposed to have moral stories as well as teach history and reading. And so he wanted to present George Washington uh, as uh, this pure. Uh, character who would never tell a lie. And by all accounts, Washington was a very honest man, but this story never happened. Okay, now where in the White House did William Howard Taft get stuck? It was Taft who got stuck in the bathtub. Stuck uh, in the and bathtub. that was because William Howard Taft was uh, our largest president uh, in in terms of his size. Uh, he would have been a candidate for the biggest loser. Uh, he was <laughs> well over 300 pounds, and he did, uh, he did get stuck in the White House bathtub according to the accounts of the time. One of the interesting things about Taft is, of course, he uh, followed Theodore Roosevelt, one of the most popular and extraordinary uh, presidents in the White House. And uh, for a long time, people believed that Taft really stood for take advice from Teddy, T-A-F-T. But Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's not the case. All right. Now, let me ask you this. Presidential nicknames. Which presidents had the funniest nicknames? Oh, gosh, there uh, there are so some uh, interesting ones. Of course, we, we probably heard of Old Tippy Canoe, but uh, most people wouldn't know that that's the William Henry Harrison I mentioned uh, a few minutes ago, and that was because he had, uh, as a soldier, fought the Battle of Tippy Canoe against the great Indian uh, Native American leader, Tecumseh, and uh, that was his real claim uh, to fame. One of the interesting First Lady nicknames that comes to mind as they ask about that is... Uh, uh, Lemonade Lucy, that's uh, uh, Mrs. Hayes, uh, Lucy Hayes. Uh, she was known as Lemonade Lucy because she wouldn't serve any alcohol at the White House, but all, only serve punch or lemonade. All right. And again, in case you're just tuning in, you're listening to Sunday Morning Magazine. I'm Rodney Lear, joined over the phone this morning by Kenneth C. Davis. He's the author of the book, Don't Know Much About Presidents. Now tell me, who was the tallest, the youngest, and the oldest president? Okay, the tallest is... Uh, no surprise to most people, uh, Abraham Lincoln remains our tallest president at six feet four inches, uh, with, even without that stovepipe hat on. Uh, Barack Obama is a tad under 6'2", so a lot of people think uh, well, he's another t- tall man, and he certainly is, but not as tall as Lincoln. Of course, both are uh, tall, lanky lawyers from Illinois, and uh, um, the oldest elected to serve was Ronald Reagan, uh, both uh, oldest when he was elected for the first time and the second time. I think the other one you asked about was the youngest, and that's an interesting one because the youngest, uh, many people think John F. Kennedy, but actually it's Teddy Roosevelt who was the youngest to take office. Uh, Teddy, uh, Teddy Roosevelt took over when uh, McKinley was assassinated in 1901. He was only 41 years old at the time. Of course, the Constitution only requires you be 35. The youngest elected president is John F. Kennedy. All right. Again, Barack Obama, by the way, is fifth on the list. There are four other presidents uh, who are younger. So you just mentioned Obama. Give us some facts about former President Obama. He is, of course, our first African-American uh, president, but it's also appropriate to say he's our first biracial president uh, in, in actuality because, of course, his mother was white and uh, his, his father was black from, uh, from Kenya. Uh, of course, born in Hawaii, the first American president to be born in Hawaii. That's uh, uh, an interesting fact. Uh, the the um, youngest state uh, produces a, a president. Um, I also write a, in this uh, new book, don't know much about the presidents, of the promise that he made to his wife while he was running, and it's uh, apparently a promise that's been a little bit difficult to keep, but he did promise he was going to stop smoking, 
uh, as he ran for president. And by all accounts, he occasionally seems to fall off the wagon, although uh, I'm sure he's working very hard on that. Okay, and let me ask you this, because I think some people thought, now that was a personal goal. It has nothing to do with any requirements for presidency. Oh, uh, absolutely not, although you can't smoke in the White House. It's a <laughs> okay. smoke-free environment. So um, uh, like a lot of people in America, I guess uh, if, the, if a president does smoke, he's going to have to step outside the right. office and, uh, <laughs> and do it. But, um, of, of course, there have been many uh, presidents, in history who have smoked, but in recent years, even those uh, presidents who do smoke have really kept it off camera. I, I think the last president who, you know, was openly holding a scene, holding a cigarette was FDR, who uh, kept his cigarette in uh, that jaunty holder, which is, you know, kind of bygone, uh, a bygone piece of thing, a cigarette holder. And you often see a picture of him with the cigarette sticking out of the cigarette holder held in the corner of his mouth. Now, very briefly, let's talk about first ladies. How have first ladies helped shape America? Oh, that's a really interesting question, uh, and they've uh, many have had a, a different uh, view of the of the of the White House and or or being first lady. Uh, Martha Washington, our first first lady, hated the uh, the the roles. She she said when she wrote to a friend, uh, uh, being she wasn't of course in the White House, but being the president's wife was like being in prison to her, and she couldn't wait get to, to get back to her home in Virginia. Um, mm. Then then there's at the other end of the spectrum, and Eleanor Roosevelt who really saw being First Lady as a way to really make changes in the country. So somewhere in, in, in between uh, Martha Washington hating it and Eleanor Roosevelt transforming uh, the First Lady's role, uh, most First Ladies try and find a place that they fit in. Of course, Mrs. Kennedy uh, transformed the First Lady's role into a style maker and a, and a fashionable person, and, and that uh, had a great impact on the country. So each First Lady has brought a little bit of her own personal flavor to it, but they're much more visible now, certainly, than they used to be a hundred years ago. And again, in case you're just tuning in, you're listening to Sunday Morning Magazine. I'm Rodney Lear. On the phone this morning with Kenneth C. Davis. The title of the book is Don't Know Much About Presidents. Now, what are some of the biggest myths surrounding the U.S. presidency? Well, you know, there probably, if you talk about myths, you're talking about uh, specific uh, myths about specific presidents, and we mentioned George Washington and the cherry tree. That's obviously a myth. Uh, a lot of people misunderstand when it comes to Abraham Lincoln, which is uh, uh, appropriate on President's Day, that he actually freed the slaves. He did not. The Emancipation Proclamation, it was announced in 1863, really only affected slaves that were outside of the control of the federal government at that time, the slaves in the Confederacy. Um, the slaves in, uh, were not truly freed in America until the passage of the 13th Amendment, which came after Lincoln's uh, assassination while um, uh, Andrew Johnson was the president. So um, a lot of people misunderstand you know, that certainly Lincoln was the great emancipator in the sense he announced, made this great announcement and uh, changed the whole psychology and this, uh, what the war was being fought about. But he didn't actually free any slaves at, in his own administration. Any other big myths? The one that uh, also pops into my mind is the the myth that, and I, I guess it speaks to what the president is that the president uh, is only as powerful as he can uh, as he can get Congress to go along with him. So it's always been a, a question of being able to uh, 
a, uh, swing a big stick, as Teddy Roosevelt said, if you have the, the influence over, over Congress or you have the people behind you in such a way that they're going to get Congress to do what you, what you like. Uh, I suppose the, um, the other thing that uh, comes to mind is that um, you know presidents are all good and wise and, and humble. Uh, John Adams wrote that uh, on, uh, at the White House, uh, it, he prayed that only wise and, uh, and gentle and humble people would live in this house, meaning the White House, and we know that probably hasn't been completely true. All right, and with that, we're out of time this morning. I really enjoyed talking to you this morning. A lot of quirky, fun facts about our president. Thank you so much for having me. It's a great pleasure, and uh, again, we, this stuff can be a lot of fun if we learn it together. All right. And if our listeners would like to find out more about you, Kenneth C. Davis, or if they would like to get a copy of the book, how can they do so and how can they find out more about you? You can go to my website, which is don'tknowmuch.com. That's all one word. And uh, it's uh, I don't sell anything there. You just find out more about me and my books for adults and for children. All right. Thanks for taking time to talk to us. Thank you so much. We've been talking to Kenneth C. Davis. The title of the book is Don't Know Much About the President. We'll be back with more Sunday Morning Magazine right after this. Listen to Sunday Morning Magazine no matter what day it is. Use your favorite podcast app and subscribe to Sunday Morning Magazine with Rodney Lear today.